Brandon Hunt, thank you. Yeah, I told you. Uh, you know, I told you we'll, we'll do a we'll do a proper intro. Yeah, uh, before so, but I just wanted to kind of get into it. But uh, <laughs> again, thanks for being here. Um, really, uh, really interested to have a conversation with you. I mean, everybody that we run into, you know, talks about you and what you guys have done here in Austin. Yeah, very, very well respected entrepreneur, restaurateur. So you know, it's it's our pleasure this morning. Oh, thank but you for having me. I. Uh, I want to start off. I came across a quote last week from a guy named Robert Green, who he's an author, 48 Laws of Power and uh, the Art of Seduction and Human Nature. And he said, to really know somebody, uh, never get distracted by people's glamorous portraits of themselves or their lives. Search for and dig for what really imprisons them. Mm-hmm. So Brandon, what oh what boy, what I'm kidding? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I should What we were talking about construction. <laughs> oh, we're gonna get there. What, Same uh, thing. What, what are you what are you thinking about right now? Like what do you what are you grinding on? What are you focused on right now in, in this stage of your journey? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm really again, I'm in a really good position right now, uh financially, right? So I spent the first 40 years stressing about money. Uh, we grew up really poor. Um, didn't have much growing up. So now I've gotten in this position where we've sold our company. So really, I've been spending the last two years focused on like mental health, trying to lose weight. I got up to 300, so I'm down to 250. Um, and just trying to take care of myself and kind of, I know as cheesy as it sounds, kind of a little bit of self-love because it's just yeah. been kind of a survivor float for the last 40 years. And, uh, yeah, that's, that is top of mind. I'm, I'm in therapy three days a week, couples group and personal. (laughs) And then I'm in, uh, and then, uh, you know, I'm in the gym five days a week. I know it doesn't look like it, but yeah, we're, we're starting from ground zero. So (laughs) yeah, but yeah, really just focused on, on taking care of myself and being out. And then another thing, being a better boyfriend, um, just realizing how, destruction again i'm a very destructive person with the, whether it be uh i think the worst thing i ever did was open a bar <laughs> with, with with your friends too so um you know kind of learning to appreciate the bar and not take it for granted and yeah uh and, and again be present in my own relationship with my girlfriend because it's just been a party for the last 40 years so how do you have you <clears throat> well, you know, all of us owning our own businesses, how do you how do you manage now to keep separation? Like what 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 is that balance? Well, I mean, we got so many good people. You know, Via's got 1300 people now, so yeah. I'm almost in the way at this point. Uh I go into the I mean, I could go into any of the restaurants and I wouldn't I don't think they know who I am. Mm-hmm. So, uh I have a lot of free time now. Yeah. <laughs> And even then, I'm, all my new deals that I'm doing, because I have three projects opening in the next six months, all those are, I kind of carve out a little time for myself, kind of don't call me after five. Uh, I'm getting a little bit more protective of this. Yeah. It was a big source of pride to be able to, you could call me at midnight and I'd answer, you'd call me at 6 a.m. I'd answer. And, uh, and again, it's just not healthy for my relationship with my girlfriend. It's not fair to her. Um, so yeah, kind of putting boundaries. So even all my new projects, I'm not taking on more than than what I can do between nine and five, yeah. and just trying to slow down. Yeah, but it's hard. I know you guys. We all run. If you own a company, I assume you run 100 miles an hour. Absolutely. And, and you, that's when you thrive. Yeah. And I'm the same way, but it's just like I I need to learn how to thrive 
um, more healthy. <laughs> How do you feel, fill the tank, you know, because, yeah, if you run on empty or if you're running all the time, then essentially you're half speed on everything. Yeah, yeah. And how do you find appreciation, you know, coming from Detroit, a lot of uh, our value and self-worth is wrapped up in our work. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and when you're going, I, I'm not going to work as much. I'm going to go to the yeah. farmer's market. Like all that stuff doesn't come natural to me. Yeah. <laughs> I'd rather be at work. Um, so I'm trying to like learn how to appreciate going to the farmer's market or going on a road trip. And yeah. uh, it's hard, man. You got to get, got to figure out what I like and don't like still. Sure. Well, you brought up Detroit. I, yeah, we were we wanted to kind of dive into that yeah. a little bit. Um, Detroit's awesome. City. It's such I've a been great there. city. Yeah, I've been there a couple. What times. does it mean to be from Detroit? And and and, and what did you bring? It gives with me you? the chills just you saying that. that yeah. like, that's what it means to me. <laughs> okay, it's like such a. I, I can't think of too many cities where you could say that you're from and people want to talk to you for ten minutes yeah, about it. Absolutely. And you know, it's just uh, it's one of those places. I think you got to have a tour guide because everything is kind of spread out and. There's little pockets of just amazingness, but it is, you know, I feel like in Austin, you could just park your car and have a good time. doesn't matter what neighborhood you're in, uh, but it, it's just, it's a beat down city, you know, but everybody keeps their head high mm-hmm. and there's so much pride in, in, in your work and in your property. You know, you walk around, these people's houses are just spotless mm-hmm. and they've lived in them for a hundred years and uh, just a lot of pride and and where you're from and who you are. Yeah. And you know, I feel that I carry, I carry that with me every day. Yeah. It's a great place. Yeah. Just no more winners. Yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Do you, off, do you go back often? I do. I, 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 I still made it to 11 tiger games this year. Oh, wow. Nice. So uh, that is a huge thing that I, I love. Um, you know, Red Wings, Tigers, we still live and die by our sports team. So um, up there quite a bit. Yeah. The city, I mean, from an architect or a master plan perspective is <clears throat> always in the conversation, mm-hmm. right? Because there's, there's so much opportunity because of the, um, you know, the, the, vast the strad in the vast land. Yeah. yeah. And, and what, what to do and how to do it. And, um, it's not cheap now anymore it, either. Yeah. Right. And, and I, and I just, I'm curious, you know, it's got to, be evolving every year, you know, in terms of the different neighborhoods and master plan, everything that could, could happen should be happening. Yeah. Uh, but slowly I, I understand, but I, I'm sure it's uh, for better or worse, perhaps from your perspective, whenever you go back and do you still feel that, that, that it's still got the it's culture and the like nature? It's a little bit. Yeah. It is kind of losing its way a little bit. Um, at least downtown, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's their scooters everywhere and, you know, there's thousand dollar a night hotels. So it's become a little bit like Austin where it's priced down a lot of people and, and, and it's hard to enjoy the same way. But, you know, there's, again, there's still good pockets. Like you can still go get a $3 Coney dog downtown and mm-hmm. still get a good slice of pizza for two bucks. And so there's still good pockets down there, but mm-hmm. all the new stuff is expensive and that's Selling, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. And you and you guys. So I thought it was interesting too. They went back and and you reopened your kind of your old hangout pizza spot, right? Yeah. So our grandparents grew up at Frank's. This is in Wyandotte, so about ten minutes south of Detroit. Yeah. Uh, Frank's been around since 1952. Our grandparents grew up there. My parents grew up there. We grew up there. We were in there eating lunch one day, and uh, their third generation uh, family owning it and they just said they were done and we asked if we could consult with them because we didn't want it to go away 
And they were like, we're done. Just buy it off of us. So uh, we came to a good deal where they could go retire and, and we could buy all the recipes and mm-hmm. even pitch. It's so weird to buy pictures of other people's families. But <laughs> like I wanted it to be like, they did all this. We didn't do sure. anything. We're just trying to keep it going and do them proud. Uh, but yeah, it's been cool. It's Did been... you guys change it at all, or is it you honor well, what it was? The week before we bought it, somebody threw uh, fell through the ceiling, oh. so we had to change it. Yeah, <laughs> it was a body Too imprint big of a party. <laughs> through the ceiling. <laughs> but... <laughs> and it was you know it, they had ran out of money, so it, it needed a little bit of love. Yeah, I still had carpet in there, and uh, I actually like carpet in in, move, in, uh, in restaurants, mm-hmm. but. Uh, other people don't, mm-hmm. but yeah, we 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 kind of made it try to feel like 1950, but also, um, so it's like a mid-century modern kind of feel in there. Mm-hmm. It, it came out nice. It's just a little neighborhood spot, sure. you know. Does seven hundred thousand a year, so it's not like yeah, you know, it pays its bills. That's about it. Yeah, but you spend a lot of time there growing up, I guess. Yeah, yeah, it's my favorite pizza. Yeah, and it's just a hand tossed pizza. It's no, no tricks or gimmicks going on. It's just a pizza place. But yeah, it's pretty interesting. I was thinking about it driving over. <clears throat> you know, it's one of the the, it's one of the recipes that we love the most. Right? It's readily available. There's a lot of different pizza shops. Everybody's trying it, but there's probably only a small handful that do it right. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. And so to to reach that is. I mean, I, I would imagine it's it's pretty gratifying because uh, I'm a lover of the one three one three, and you know, and I'm gluten free, and, oh, yeah. and we cannot find any good. I mean, it's rare that we stumble upon a good gluten free pizza. Yeah, and so I think um, it's, just, it's just giving a shit. You know? Yeah, I guess because um, it's easy. You could just go buy pre made gluten free pizzas and and go here. We have gluten free pizza, but uh, my my niece. Uh, is gluten free in our celiac, and she, uh, she, uh, you know, my brother kind of made it his mission to make yeah. the world's best gluten free, yeah. or at least his rendition of it, and uh, and I think he did a good job. Yeah, absolutely. But you can taste like somebody cared about this. Absolutely. I mean, I will get it all the time, and yeah. um, it's like biscuits. Man, I miss biscuits. So I, <laughs> so I would always research these biscuit recipes. Now I now make them at home because I just miss them. Yeah. Can't ever find them. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard because you, uh, you, you know, not to. I know this isn't a pizza podcast, but you, you lose the it's gluten. Whatever. Gluten's what keeps it together, right? Yeah. So it's hard to make a nice biscuit without a, a ton of gluten. Yeah. In it. <laughs> yeah. No, you're right, but. I mean, it, you know, it's like it, all of our worlds. There's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of different architectures. There's obviously, you know, a lot of different GCs or construction going about, but there's only a handful that are doing it well. And mm-hmm. whatever that means, I mean, that's probably subjective. Well, he hit the nail on the head a second ago when he says we we give a shit, right? Yeah, you know what I mean. We we talk about this a lot. In fact, we were just interviewing somebody last night and they were like, well, what is, you know, what, what's your ideal candidate possess? And we're like, well, it's somebody that gives you shit. Yeah. And and it's, and it's, it's crazy how rare that is. You know what I mean? I feel like it's more now than ever. Yeah. Uh, you know, not to make it a generational thing, but well, I, I have I hope, I have hope for this, the 16 year olds and yeah. to like 21, I, we're at least in, in the pizza scene we're we're seeing a lot of good yeah. young kids come in. Yeah. Um, but you know. In between that, that's it's tough. Yeah how do how do you how do you cultivate that? I mean, because that's part of your it's part of your brand, it's part of your culture, right? And as you grow and do other things, like how do you, how do you think about maintaining that that caring attitude and, and 
you know, because you got to try to hire for it. You got to try to maintain it and develop. Like, how do you think about that? I, I mean, honestly, because we're opening, you know, Via is opening a store every month right now. Yeah. Um, it's we're just blanket canvassing. I mean, you, you hire. 500 people, 300 make it through training, 200 yeah. decide they want to keep the job, and then we want 150 of them, and then you just keep doing that all over again. Um, I know it sounds – you know, and then we have, we have great management too, though, that, that kind of cultivate – I'm not that guy. I'm not the, the culture guy. I'm, I'm, a, I'm the grumpy old man. That's <laughs> <laughs> It's best that I'm not around usually because I'm, I'm not much of a culture – I want it, but I don't yeah. – again, I'm in therapy for this reason. <laughs> I, you know, uh, I was raised in the restaurant scene where you were just shy of beaten to death by the owner, and that's how he got you to work. Was, yeah, that's a tough – And he was – I mean, I remember him locking me in the room in uh, with was Ajax and, and Bleach, which is uh, – can kill you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> with no man. No, no man. And, and I just remember no, – like, yeah. I can't figure out why I can't this breathe. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but that floor was fucking spotless. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. So, like, that's the way I'm wired, and that just doesn't work right, you know, for – it shouldn't work, honestly. I'm aware of that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that's how I'm wired is to – to really beat people down and, and I'm trying to, you know, it's not healthy to be like that, but yeah. that's how I was raised. I don't know. I mean, but there's, yeah. <laughs> Listen. Yeah. I mean, I could go all day about, you got to hold people accountable. Idea. I mean, I, again, it is a generational thing a little bit because we, we come from a different era than what, than, you know, I'm imagining the three of us are around the same age. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I learned a lot of the same lessons the same way. And it, mm -hmm. th that was my dad. That was the one, you know, really holding me to account. And it is interesting now that you can't you can't really do that today, but but still you got to in, in, in instill a value of of work ethic and accountability and all that. And it's 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 a different it's different now, you know. And there's pieces of it that we have to teach in order yeah. to create work ethic and value and and um, just that pride in what you do. Yeah, and that's why I say a lot of it falls on us too, right? Like we're not. Um, I remember. This guy, I mean, he's passed away, Jim Orlando, same guy. He he taught me how he wanted me to mop the floor, not how yeah. you mop the floor. This is how I want you to mop the floor. Yeah. And I don't know if we do the same job. Like, we just hire kids and we go mop the floor. And then we get mad at them because they don't know how to mop yeah. the floor. And, like, I don't I don't see that going on a lot, too, within my own company. Yeah, the actual, like, slowing down. Because we're all running 100 miles an hour. Yeah. So, you know, I, again, my, I can take the blame for a lot of – the lack of results within my own company is we don't slow down to show you how we want you to mop the floor. We sh assume you should know how to mop the floor. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's something I've noticed within our own company. Yeah. So it's interesting. It goes both ways. I'm interested when you guys, 2011, when you guys were in the trailer, <laughs> what, uh, what, what, back then, what did you think you wanted? Or what, what did you want? No, that was it. I was, I mean, we wanted a restaurant, but, I remember opening the trailer. I was making two fifty a week and uh, cash. I left a hundred thousand dollar a year bar gig in Detroit to come open a food truck to make two fifty <laughs> a week. And my brother wasn't paying himself. He had a day job, so he was making his living. Um, and we we figured out we had to do two hundred dollars a day to pay all the bills, you know, which was basically water, gas. I mean, electric and. Um, and rent and myself two fifty, so we had to do two hundred dollars a day to pay for everything. We opened that first day and we did two hundred and twelve dollars, 
And I just remember thinking, like, I don't think I ever have to go find another job. Again. <laughs> <laughs> this is amazing. And, it, I mean, that just shows you how, how I don't know, immature or just how e – it just was so easy at the time because I was just – that's all I cared about was I didn't have to make another resume yeah. and go look for yeah. another job. It was like, this is it. This is my only thing I have to worry about tomorrow yeah. is opening the food truck. And um, that was awesome, man. I mean, mm -hmm. I look back at those days and I talk about um, – the schedule that I was on, you know, wake up at noon, go grocery shopping because we weren't busy enough to get a food uh, food order, get all the vegetables and everything prepped, open at five, work till 2 a.m., go home, eat dinner with my girlfriend at two in the morning, three in the morning, count the paper tickets because we didn't have a POS system and go to bed at like four, four thirty and wake up at noon and do it all over again. It sounds awful, but all I remember is it being the best time of my life. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, it, and I really do feel like it took like two years of selling my soul or really grinding it out to set myself up for the rest of my life. Yeah. What, what do you take from that today? Like what, what do you, what less sacrifice, you know, again, very touchy subject for a lot of people. Cause I think there is a movement to get away from hustle culture and sacrifice. And, but man, I, I can't think of too many stories that didn't come with some sacrifice. Yeah. Uh, and I, I try to be sensitive to, um, again, the anti-culture, the anti-hustle culture, but my God, I would do it all over again in a heartbeat. Yeah. Uh, so again, very old way of thinking. I love grinding it out. I love, uh, I, I just remember sitting there missing all the concerts that I wanted to go to and going, this is one day it's going to pay off. I know yeah. it will. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so yeah. I, I think there's a lot of sacrifice that comes with it. Yeah. What made you leave Detroit to come here? To do this. Yeah, I was 30, 29, 30, working at the bar. And I just remember partying one night with, a, it was like a Hooters nightclub type bar. I just remember partying with a bunch of 21-year-old girls that night going, I'm like the old creepy guy. Like, I'm not <laughs> I'm not as cool as I think I am probably. And uh, I just started thinking about what, I'm, what am I going to do? I'm going to be 30. I'm not really good at anything. I know how to run a bar. That's it. And, uh, and my brother was down here in Austin. And he was like, man, the people are waiting. And this is not a shot at Home Slice, but it's just the way we grew up. He was like, man, people are waiting two hours and paying like 30 bucks for pizza. That oh, I know. Yeah. is like gas station pizza to us in Detroit. Yeah. You know, essentially New York pizza is dollar slice pizza. And, uh, and Home Slice kills it. They do a great job with everything. They're mentors of ours. Um, but he was just like, man, the pizza scene is rough here, man. They need... They need more pizza, and they don't have the pizza we grew up eating. Mm -hmm. So um, he was like, "Why don't you come down here? I can, you know, help out." But you know, he's he's more like the tech tinkerer. He he he's came up with most of the recipes, and I'm like the day to day operations mm -hmm. guy. So I, I came down here to do this. Mm -hmm. And before, so did y'all. <clears throat> Did y'all connect before you moved here in order to, did you always make pizza or did you? He always no? did. Okay. Yeah. I would, I, I, I kid, I probably made one pizza for every 20 that he did. Um, you know, he worked from home. So, um, and I think he's naturally a, um, a tinkerer. I'm, I'm not, I want like instant results. So, yeah. Uh, I have a hard time when I make a pizza and it doesn't come out right. I'm like, oh, we're done. I don't want to do this anymore. So it was good. We're, we're good. We're good together like that. Hmm. Um, well, I've got a, I've got a couple more questions, but <laughs> the, I was also thinking, do you think that, you know, knowing that you guys started in a, in a, in a truck and what food trucks 
were back then, do y'all think that the food truck culture is still that strong as it once was, or is it, or is it, has it phased out to a degree that. Yeah. City makes it harder for sure. It's harder now than ever to own and operate a food truck. Uh, and it's good stuff too. I don't, you know, the city of Austin. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it's all good. It's for really the betterment of the community, right? Like you don't want people just dumping their dirty water in the sewer system and stuff. So, but it is hard because then you got to find somebody, not a lot of people coming out getting gray water from your food truck. So it's just a lot of weird technicalities to, to, um, be safe and operate at a high level every day. I think the food truck for us at the peak was doing a million five a year so it's operating like a restaurant in a in a little food truck so it's just not really i want my quick answer is like no i think it's dying but then i see you know veracruz and so many great taco trucks just killing it all the time so i think there's still a good market i was also wondering if it i know i mean we deal with city of austin all the time and it is difficult and I, i know the rules and codes have changed yeah but has that culture moved to another city you know, did it cut because of the fact that it's a little bit easier to set up shop? And there's I think a, other cities think are so. trying. Yeah. yeah, I think a lot but of there is a, a imitation of what what Austin was doing a few years mm-hmm. ago. Yeah, but I don't. You know, I think San Antonio has a, has a few pockets yeah. that are pretty strong. You know, Houston, yeah. Houston's got a little bit, but it's not not like here. Not, not like, like here. here. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I guess it's the communities supported that food truck culture that made it. So rare. And I think our footprint is small enough where we can navigate, like people can navigate where, again, San Antonio and Houston, they kind of stay in their pockets. True. You know. You see any other concepts out there that could make the leap out of a food truck into brick and mortar? And Well, I'm sure there's a million of them. I'm I'm definitely guilty of not eating at a lot of food trucks. Um, But, you know, Veracruz always comes top of mind. I think they do such a great job. And I know they have a restaurant, I think. Yeah. Um, but I'm such a creature here, but I go to my same five spots yeah, every yeah, day. Yeah, 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 same here. Well, I was going to say, whenever you move from a food truck to a brick and mortar, what what were what were the things that you wanted? What were the things you want to carry over? Obviously, good food, but <clears throat> talking about culture, talking about work ethic, talking about even spatially. Yeah, you know, when you build out that store, it's so different. Yeah, so Oak Hill was our first restaurant, and um, we wanted it to feel like it had been there for 100 years. So how do you make something feel, like, dirty and old, but also not, like, make somebody feel like they need to take a shower after they leave? Mm-hmm. And I think we nailed it there. We, Our architect at the time, our designer, they did it both for us. They um, they did this big steel wall, so it looked like an Aerostream trailer when you walk yeah. in. And then over time, the, the walls kind of rusted and, and taken on some patina look um and it looks cool it looks it looks down and dirty but it also like you know it's just the walls natural age um and then we wanted the floor to feel like a shop you know so there was a lot of little Mm -hmm. subtle things that make it feel like a detroit kind of vibe without kind of beating you over the head with Mm. planet hollywood type stuff right Mm -hmm. like we could easily hang a car from the ceiling and say we're from detroit or put some bumpers on a wall or something stupid so very subtle things um we use this like mid-century green that was used in a lot of the Coney Islands back home Mm -hmm. that we grew up eating at. A lot of steel, a lot of metal. The whole ceiling is, uh, 
I don't know what you call it, expanded metal, I think. Uh, we call it chicken steel. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, that's true. I'm sure there's a better name yeah. for it. But uh, so, yeah, like I wanted you to feel like you're walking into a, like a cool shop mm-hmm. and it just happened to have pizza. Even the menus are like little shop books. Yeah. Um, and the, the branding on them, Mark English did for us, nailed it. It was very like old timey parts box kind of feel. So a lot of, just a lot of old school, subtle hints that maybe only people from Detroit might pick up on. Yeah. How'd y'all choose the location? That's okay. a funny story too. Yeah. Cause you know, we were a downtown brand. Yeah. We had one on sixth street and one on uh, rainy street at the time. And everybody thought of us as kind of like this drunk slice hangout place. And we've always wanted to just be a neighborhood pizza place. So we knew Jack Allen's out there and Oak Hill was doing crazy numbers. I assume seven, eight, nine million. And, uh, you know, in a restaurant, if you could just get to two or three million, you're pretty happy. So knowing what Jack was doing out there and just seeing how supportive that community was, we wanted to get out there. Um, we lost on the first one. It was a, your mom's burgers. I don't know if you remember those. Mm. It was a really good burger place. They had done their first one outside of downtown. And it was a little 1,500 square foot like shotgun building. And we thought that'll be perfect. We'll do delivery carry out out of that. That'll be the next progression for us. And uh, somebody got it before us. We were second in line. We ended up losing it. And the broker on that was like, hey, this Mexican restaurant next door, which felt so big and greedy to us, 2,900 square feet. I was like, man, we're getting real cocky here. 2,900 <laughs> square feet from food truck to 2,900 square feet. Yeah. But they gave us a nice deal. We we loved the intersection. We're at 290 and William Cannon there. And uh, and we they left it for us. They were going to build their own uh, restaurant. They'd been there for 20 years with Mexican food. So we thought, well, if they've been here for 20 years, Jack Allen's is killing it. I think we'll be all right. And, uh, you know, at stores, always north of $4 million. Yeah. Was it right out of the gate? Pretty oh, my God, yeah. It's, yeah. yeah from, they're hung, probably hungry out there. We'd drive all the way from where we live out there. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a great location. I mean, it's the perfect mix of, like, of a community, you're close enough to downtown, mm-hmm. but people don't necessarily want to go downtown all the time. A lot of families, obviously. So it's, it's yeah. the, it hits all the boxes for us. Yeah. yeah. And then the next one was campus. So we got real cocky. Then we were actually cocky. Yeah. <laughs> we went and got a 4,800 square foot building and we thought double the square footage, double the sales. And that's not how life works. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that was- what's your, what's your perfect size now? You think? Well, I'd say like 3,500. Yeah, that's kind of the sweet spot for us. We've got some as high as 5,100 in Utah and as low as I think Oak Hill is still our smallest store. Yeah. So that's a pretty common path for because Torchies, it was the same way. Yeah. Yes, small. I mean, real, real similar story from the Mm -hmm. food truck, obviously. But, um, you know, when I got involved, uh, it was like a, you know, 2,000 square feet, 2,500 square feet. Then it went to 3,500 square feet. Then it went to 4,000, 4,500. Yeah. 55, yeah. You know. What's their biggest one downtown? Uh, no, well, the biggest one when I was involved yeah. was in San Antonio. Um, it was almost 8,000 feet. That's crazy. Mm. I've never been to that one. Yeah. And, and then, it, yeah. then it started trending back down. Yeah. You know, it's like, so I would think their average now is around 3,500 feet. Yeah. There's, it's a sweet spot. For us, you know, Torch is a little bit different because, right, you're ordering at a counter. Mm-hmm. For us... When you walk into a restaurant, it doesn't matter what time of day you walk into Oak Hill. It feels kind of warm in there. Yeah. There could be nobody in there. There could be 100 people in there. It just it feels warm in there. When you go to campus, I don't know if it's the staggered um, terrain that we have in the restaurant. That's just there when we got there. 
that's the one of our bigger ones, 47, 4,800 square feet. It always feels mm. dead cold in mm. there. Yeah. It doesn't matter. what We could have 100 people in there. It feels dead. Yeah. Yeah. So I like the, the warmth. I like the, yeah, it's tough to get in because what we've seen too is people will change their dining habits. They won't even come on Friday and Saturday at Oak Hill. They'll come on mm-hmm. Tuesday and Wednesday. So we're stretching the week a little bit. Yeah. And so I like that sweet spot for mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. Do you guys spend a lot of time on the kitchen, like redesigning, counting steps, like that kind of thing? <laughs> I mean, we like to say that we did, but we didn't know what we were doing. Yeah. Um, we, we took a lot of classes. We trained with um, Rudy's Barbecue Cane and Management here in town and Pale's Sudden Service out in Tennessee. Yeah. Uh, trained with a lot of these people that, that are just high-functioning. I think Pale's is doing like two two or three million out of a thousand square feet. Yeah. And, you know, they've they've optimized every little position and we've tried, but we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think we just try to be mindful of it when we're doing it, mm-hmm. but there's probably a better way for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Torchies, was Torchies doing that kind of stuff? Yeah, a little bit. You know, there was, when I was there, there was talks of bringing in consultants to really map out. Yeah. You know, uh, literally counting steps. Yeah, like a spaghetti Absolutely. Uh, chart is what they call it, I think. And we we spent, a, I mean, we spent a lot of time with operations on on the kitchen, mm-hmm. you know. But what was interesting is, you know, as as the the footprint was growing, um, you know, we, we were we started chasing revenue a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, we op- I remember we opened up um, Fort Worth was the first one that did over a hundred thousand a week. And, they, and everybody was like, oh, wow, okay, this is this is interesting. And then we opened up uh, Round Rock and Cedar Park, both did over 100000 a week. Uh, and those had a little bit bigger kitchens. Because I remember them thinking, well, you know, we've we're, we're <clears throat> got a little bit more money to play with, so let's let's put it into the kitchen. Let's, let's really, like, optimize the kitchen, which typically what happens when you do that, the, the footprint grows, right? Yeah. We need different equipment. We need – and then uh, so the kitchen kept growing um, until you kind of reach this point where – you, we hit kind of a cap on. Yeah, now on, you want to shrink it back down. Yeah, that's let's, let's make it more efficient. Yeah. So, um, you know, we spent a lot of time, and then towards the end, um, one of the interesting things that came out of the private equity deal with with Torchies is that um, a different mindset came in with 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 partnership and. Mm-hmm. Operations got more involved in design and construction, and um, there was a little bit of this early on with that. But at the end, I, I really valued it personally because we were spending a lot of time with actual people that were on the line yeah. making tacos, getting their feedback. Mm-hmm. So we learned a lot from that. That's kind of where we're at right now. Yeah. You know, we're still getting feedback from the crew. And, yeah. Because I, I, you know, my brother and I basically designed the first five restaurants. Yeah. Bring on private equity. They have. You know, they come in and picking things that stand out to them that they really like that, you know, from a consumer standpoint that they want to really focus on. So you add those things in there and then, you know, then you start getting feedback from the kitchen manager and how inefficient we are. And it's tough, man. Yeah, it is tough. You try to be mindful in that. Let everybody chime in. But then you also got to give the customers a a beautiful looking restaurant too. Yeah. And not waste square footage how do you think you've got an architect and a contractor here (laughs) so we're we're maybe a little biased when it comes to design and in the construction aspect of it how how did you think or how do you think about design in a restaurant like you know what do you think the roi is of of design in a restaurant yeah i'm gonna probably say something pretty unpopular especially (laughs) with you guys i don't care give me give me a lunchroom table in the center of the room uh the original home slice being the inspiration behind that idea of thinking 
I mean, my God. I mean, we're we're doing a new project right now called Murray's over on uh, East Seventh Street here, and you know, we just I, I want it to be perfect. I want it to be beautiful. I want everybody to get what they want. Yeah, you know, a lot of partners on this. You know, we're sitting here mulling over what tint of green and what color the floor is. <laughs> and we'll spend days, and we're actually really efficient. This has been a really great project. But, you know, it's all ego to me. You know, it's like, you really think any you know, the 900 people that are going to come in here tomorrow are really going to pay attention to that tint of green that you just spent an hour going back and forth on? Yeah. Uh, tell me what color the floor is in any of the vias. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. the floor at campus is one of the ugliest floors I've ever seen, and I've never heard a customer not come in because the floor was ugly. Sure. <laughs> you know, because uh, we took what was there and just used it. So before private equity, we could do a build-out for two to 400000 a full restaurant, equipment, everything, chairs, tables, because we were buying restaurants that already had all the shit in it. We would just use it, get open for 400K, get the investors paid off, get them out of here, and then slowly, like, yeah, if we really wanted new chairs or really wanted a, um, a different table, we would just buy it in, the, in, in while we're going instead of having this pre-opening expense. So I'm, I'm the least... I want the graphics to be right and the the menu to be right and feel right, but as far as like the design of the restaurant, I'm not too. Um, yeah. My God, you know, especially with private equity now, because they want things to be perfect, and there's one person's job is to nail this thing, and it's just like I don't care, guys. I don't need a two hour meeting about this. Yeah, I just put the sign up and let's go. Because I, I really do think people just want good food in a warm environment, and they want to be taken care of and remembered. Service, yeah, yeah. And, and and that's to me what I get paid to do. Yeah. So it's the interaction with with somebody in the food quality, right? I mean, that's that's what speaks for itself. Yeah, and, and I don't want to. It's pizza. Like I don't want to. Um, I pick on Swarte a lot because this is the most beautiful restaurant, in my opinion. Uh, and I. Again, I don't want to walk into Swarte and your expectations are here. Yeah. And I have to meet that every time. I don't want that stress. I'm lazy, man. <laughs> I want you to walk in into a black building with death metal blasting. You know, I, I always envisioned it when we were in the truck. Like you're walking up to this black trailer, blasting death metal, and my brother and I are working. And you're with your parents, maybe, and you're like, this is the best pizza in town. This is the best you guys have. And then you eat it and you're like, wow, that was really good. We started from here. So, yeah. you know, I like that. Yeah. Uh, so I, I don't I don't want your expectations to be so high. It's just pizza. Yeah. And I want you to come in and eat the pizza, enjoy it, get treated right, and be pleasantly surprised how yeah. great everything was. Yeah. There is something to say. I mean, <clears throat> coming from the, the design portion of it and trying to make sure that the experience is is correct. There is something very true about what you said. It some of it is ego driven, mm -hmm. not and and maybe it's you know your ego driven is the yeah it's not, not like the right word driven but, or ego but but there's something to be said about the simplicity of the moment, right? And and then hearing you guys as a client. And understanding what makes the pizza or what makes you, mm -hmm. what makes you make the pizza and that distilling that down to the sim the simplest <clears throat> thing that you can means that eh, maybe that green is, is good. Or maybe the black is, you know, it's like, it's yeah. not overthinking what it is you're, you're trying to do yeah, At, or knowing when, when you're done or when it's good enough and yeah. good enough is never a word that I appreciate because you want it to be perfect yeah. in all t in all arenas, but um, 
I don't know. There, there. It's it's hard to achieve in a design world when things mm -hmm. are subjective. Well, and the other thing too is because this is what we're trying to do with Murray's, right? We we have these ideas of what we want the bar to look like. It's a New York City tavern, so you go to mm -hmm. PJ Clark's Minetta's Tavern in New York, and these places have been around for a hundred years. So we, we want all this nice woodwork detail, but also it needs to be able to scale. Um, yeah, that's sure. that's the other thing too yeah. is when you bring in designers and architects. They tend to, I say overthink it, but they're, they are making it special for what it is. But also, I need special, like, yeah, <laughs> once a month. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So that's yeah. the other thing I try to be mindful of is this, this concept I have to scale. Yeah. I can't go looking for this crazy light that you yeah. sourced one time yeah. every time we want to build a new restaurant. Yeah. So um, that, that, that's always back of mind too, is can this thing pick up and scale? Can a private equity mm. person come in and look at this and go, Oh, this is easy to replicate. Yeah. Like I don't want that job at Chewy's. Right. Yeah. The hub coming up with the hub oh, yeah. every time <laughs> yeah. you build a new that's restaurant. Right. Yeah, yeah. I don't want that. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's just interesting. It's just where, where your brain's at, you know, mm -hmm. and my brain is to try and scale. Do you take inspiration from other concepts? I mean, do you, oh, yeah. Yeah, you walk in and look at things, and you're like, oh, okay, or, or or see how they're doing something. And wait, I, my theory was is like you, you're probably the worst person to go out to dinner with because you're like looking at. I don't know how to shut it off, you know. And so, yeah, like I'm probably the worst person to go eat dinner with because uh, I'm just sitting there like, my God, like they just nailed it, you know. Yeah. Again, home slice at North Loop is is just brilliant like yeah. everything in there is perfect yeah it also took them like three years to build it out <laughs> and 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 it was a massive project but i mean that's that's the sacrifice they made yeah. to build the perfect restaurant in my opinion and <laughs> same thing sorte you know i pick on the same restaurants because it's just you walk in you're like holy shit yeah they, they spent <laughs> a lot of time and effort into this well you met feral cabina mm -hmm. right you know, um, I fucking love him. <laughs> yeah, we had we had him on a, a few weeks ago. Yeah, he looks great. I yeah. love his new yep. look. <laughs> yep. And we we were talking about the the you know his his meticulousness and his uh -huh. intention. You know, and and Mark worked with with Farrell, uh years before I got involved. But I can tell you that that my my career, my outlook, everything changed spending time with him. He yeah. taught me a lot. But um, but you mentioned like. You know, I go I go into a restaurant now, and I'm looking at like HVAC vent placements and like switch placements <laughs> right. and stuff. Because, dude, he, I mean, there, there's I could tell you a bunch of stories on how we went in and, and just ripped shit out of a restaurant because, you know, things weren't symmetrical. And like, mm -hmm. he was very and but you know, it made me better. It made our whole yeah. team better. But you're right. You know, we I, I go into a restaurant going, man, that that vent should probably be over a little bit because it's not centered on the wall. Yeah. How did I mean? We had a guy that was that would hang decor in the restaurant. Terry, yeah, he'd put it up. Farrell would come in, take it back down, <laughs> put it up, move it over, yeah. reconfigure it. You know, yeah. But um, but that was you know I I look back and going, man, I I learned so much working with a guy like that. Yeah, that, and it wasn't only the design. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was the Everything. The, the the food quality. Yeah, the, the presentation of the food. You know, he'd go around and straighten up the the napkin holders on the table. And dude, if we if we went and visited a restaurant and there was a fucking napkin on the floor, the manager would would hear about it immediately. Yeah. I mean, it was he cared about every yeah. detail. You know, and is he back involved? No, I, I don't know if this is a secret. We probably should no. talk about Farrell's personal no. life, but no, um, <laughs> with 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 torches. torches, yeah. No, I thought I heard heard. I I uh, um I really look up to him. Yeah, yeah. you know. He's been nice enough to meet with me a couple times and give me a little piece of his brain. Yeah. Um, yeah. Happy birthday. Today's his birthday. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, it is? Yeah. Oh, Happy shit. birthday, Farrell. 
Um, Big fan of him. But uh, yeah, that, and it just goes back to caring, you know, um, and you can tell, you know, mm -hmm. I was in your East, East 6th location three nights ago now. And you can tell that mm -hmm. oh, there's there's some it, it, there was intention. There's like it, mm -hmm. it's a it's a cultivated experience, you know. And, yeah. and the food and the food's great, right? Yeah. So it's I hope. <laughs> no, it was it was good. Yeah, I want the service. Like hopefully, when you sat down, they'll ask you if was it your first time yep. there, right? Yep. And that is to trigger two things, right? You'll say yes. That saves them to have to go over everything for. So you, you know what you're doing. I don't need to bother you. Yeah. But if you say no, it triggers a bunch of things like. Or you say it is your first time. I'm sorry, and they'll they'll walk you through the whole menu. It doesn't matter how busy it is. Slow everything down. I don't want you to get caught up in the the tornado going on behind me. Yeah, I'm here to take care of you. So, so let's take a deep breath and yeah, you know, because it can get crazy in there. And then, you know, there are to I know we don't do this all the time, but they are to let a manager know it's your first time, so the manager will stop by and introduce themselves. Yeah. And and then the manager has well, the server and the manager have the freedom to do whatever they want with you now they can give you a free cheese bread give you cinnamon sticks if you ordered a bar style give you a free detroit style because you shouldn't leave without trying it uh just all these little things and now we really get to hone in on you for the next hour hmm. knowing that it's your first time and that's the best time to wow someone right yeah, yeah so then we hope that you leave going wow that was incredible like they made me feel like i was the most important thing in the world and you hopefully go tell you know five or 10 people about your experience. So mm -hmm. yeah, it's the, the service is very intentional. I would say the design is too, but it, it, it is, um, I'm like the opposite of feral. Honestly, I don't care. Yeah. I mean, give me a, give me a box and yeah. give me an oven and I, I want you to take care of you. Some of the restaurants that we've done, <clears throat> they've been very intense because of the level of care all the way around. Yeah. Right. And it doesn't, I'm not even really talking about design so much as as it as it relates to the the experience from when you walk in the door mm -hmm. to when you sit in your seat to when it, when you go to the bathroom to you, when you order a drink and and the intention that that requires or the attention attention <laughs> um is real interesting because you don't really we don't really process through those things mm -hmm. through the majority of our work and it's even you know we would set up we would set up chairs and tables and where the, where the plate would sit on the table. And we're not talking about design. We're right. talking about the experience. Right. And, and I thought, man, this is a pretty, it's an intense process. Mm -hmm. Cause you want to, you want to nail that, that, that service or that moment. And then you're right. You, you capture them for a, for a, for a good solid hour. Mm -hmm. What are those steps that you're trying to think through in order to make that event happen just right? Mm -hmm. And it could be, white or black or yellow or purple that's not really you yeah. know the discussion but um but some of those in terms of like the the um the intimacy yeah. that you provide yeah. is real important and um anyway when whenever you start packaging up new concepts mm -hmm. is that what are the key elements that you make sure that you're What's that common thread, you know, between each one? That you've yeah. Success with? One, one of the things that I definitely wanted at Via and, and my brother too is when you get out of your car, I want you to get blasted with sound. So again, mm -hmm. at the east side, you should be able to hear it from mm -hmm. the sidewalk. I want you to walk by so much foot traffic in most of our restaurants 
where you like, what is going on in there? Is there a yeah. party going on in there? And you get the same level of music when you walk in and same thing when you go to the bathroom, that party, like, mm-hmm. so we, you know, we've definitely upgraded speakers in the bathrooms before yeah. to keep, keep this like in a high energy thing going. Um, but yeah, again, my, mine's more on the service side. Mm. Um, I would probably just hire out that kind of stuff yeah. that you're talking about because I'm not – that's not where I'm – again, I don't want to get it pizza too yeah. dainty where you're <laughs> yeah. like, right. you know, got to get the plate just right. I mean, again, it's served on metal plates. Yeah. And, yeah. And, uh, you know, but again, there's little things. I want the silverware to have a little bit of weight to it. Mm. So many people buy that cheap silverware, yeah. especially if people eat pizza. I don't want it to, like, yeah. bend your silverware trying to cut our pizza. Yeah. So there's little little subtle things again, but nothing like – um from a design standpoint too much you're cool with somebody eating pizza with a fork and knife. i do yeah i have to with my beard man I get soft i always feel I, I was that's how i was eating yours the other night i always feel like people look at me like what's, what's i this, feel that too what's this fucking guy doing eating pizza with yeah. a fork i don't know that's too hey, i to eat his own man i yeah. can't i'll get it in my beard and, it's, yeah. and i gotta go home and take a shower <laughs> you, you mentioned uh you know you're you're focused on scaling now with other with, with these other concepts like what are the key elements that you look for if you're going to get involved with something that you're like okay th- this could scale or it could not like what are those things yeah i don't mean to make it sound um um not as thought out probably is what you're looking for i just want to do cool shit with cool people honestly and then yeah. and then they come to me and go do you think it can scale and I'll, and I'll just you know my experience with via just go this is what we need to do be mindful of right like one food purveyor we shouldn't have three or four different food purveyors yeah. that can pick up and go with us we need to have all the meats sourced nationally not locally sorry and like i know that's not popular but yeah um if we're going to be able to put this in denver we can't be yeah. buying local mm-hmm. food all the time yeah uh because it needs to be the same ex- experience no matter where you go uh and then again on the design standpoint just being not being so precious about finding light bulbs and tables and chairs and mm-hmm. everything needs to be in stock and ready to go yeah um silverware everything has to be in stock so just being mindful of that kind of stuff that can uh i've learned from savory mm-hmm. some of the uh, adjustments they've made to our brand so it could scale a little bit faster and easier do you find whenever you're <clears throat> whenever you're thinking about new new concepts, do you find that um, that you're looking for the team to do that with because that like that collaboration is a joy versus <laughs> like the 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 pro- not not necessarily I don't want to like dumb down the the product but yeah. but the product you know which one do you well, I mean, this is, you know, Murray's is my first thing, probably, like, mm-hmm. big thing outside of Via. And, again, it was just uh, – it's my partners from Nickel City, mm-hmm. partner from Juniper that we own Uncle Nicky's together, uh, and then and, and our real estate guy. Um, so we're all just – it's really just friends being friends, hanging out. Can you, can you tell us more about Murray's? Like, what what is it? What's so, yeah, it's a New York City tavern, um, you know. Uh, so I bought the building and then I, I was trying to find a tenant for the building and um, but I wanted to have like a partnership like listen let's just keep each other honest I'll I'll keep you honest on the bar side you keep me honest on the, on the real estate side but I want to partner in the land and I want to partner I want to mm-hmm. be a partner in the business because um, you know not to get into my finances I don't need um, 
I need money like day to day. Not not I have enough uh, nest eggs put out, but I, I need the money coming in day to day. So that was the idea. It was like if I could cut the partners in on the bar on the land side of things, they could cut me in on the bar side of things, and I'll get a paycheck coming in mm-hmm. uh, month to month. Um, so that was kind of the ultimate goal for me. So again, I'm not really like looking for brands or mm. scalable things. It was more just like my friends all making each other rich. That's cool. Or hopefully we'll see. It's got a, it's got a hit, but, uh, but you know, so we're all in on the land. We're all in on the bar. It's a New York city tavern. So I felt like nickel city when we did that, um, kind of spent six years that it set like a new bar for bars, like mm-hmm. what, what a bar could be like. It's still a little bit of a dive bar, but you get a cocktail made correctly, and but you can still get a three dollar mm-hmm. beer and a hot dog for two bucks, and so it's no matter what you wanted to do, you could have an expensive night or you could have a cheap night, mm-hmm. and it was welcome to everyone. And I feel like that's been kind of replicated a lot around Austin and, and other markets. One bar of the year, so we were trying to think of like what would Nickel City two point be? What what would be the next evolution? So we took like Bartlett's, our favorite restaurant in town, yep. and married it with Nickel City. So cool. it should be a little bit even nicer than the original Nickel City with higher end food, but still like some cheap, cheap output. So you're, you know, not turning off the service industry. You can come in and get a, a burger and a beer for whatever price. I don't know yet. We haven't figured that out. But yeah. so just being mindful that everyone can come in and, and have a good time, whether you want to act like an idiot or not. You can have a date. You can have, be by yourself. Everybody's welcome. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just think it's kind of Nickel City 2.0. Mm-hmm. Um, do you I, get really involved in the food element, or do you bring somebody in that just is going to is going to manage that for you? Yeah, I did the food at Nickel City. So uh, and that, and that's all the shit that I grew up eating: burgers, mm-hmm. coney dogs, slider, you know, little sliders and uh, cheese sticks. So just really good bar food. But again, it sounds dumb, but I mean, we tested 40 different kinds of French fries, sure, yeah. 40 different kinds of cheese sticks, and I'm not a chef, so that's why I have to eat so much <laughs> to figure out what I, there's like a, just a little taste cue that I'm looking for, yeah. a bowling alley that I ate at when I was a kid or something, you know, these yeah. little memories that they spark. Uh, so we brought, actually brought in a chef, that's the chef from Juniper, uh, Nick is our partner on, on Murray's. This might be a stupid question, because I love French fries. And there's a lot of different kind of fries mm-hmm. out there. How do you how do you know which one to pick for that? Because it's, it's a little bit different experience. And maybe we're getting into the weeds about food a little bit. <laughs> but no. I'm curious about that. Like, how do you know? Yeah. Is it a skinny, crunchy fry? Is well, it the big fat? Like, I think that's what you start with, right? It's like, what is the fry that you want, right? Wh- who, who makes your favorite fry? Or what is the fry that you're going after? That, this is a conversation we had. And I, I remember going to the bowling alley as a kid and getting crinkle cut fries. So I at least start with crinkle cut, right? Yeah, okay. That that opens like 30 different kinds of fries because there's there's mixed pieces where you get little bits and long ones. There's ones that are only long ones. There's ones that are three quarters of an inch, half inch, five eighths of an inch. So and then you what you want to do is you just go down to the the food warehouse down there, whoever your food purveyor is, and you pull all the samples and you just fry them right there and you go. This isn't enough potato. This is too huh. much potato. Wow. Okay. Uh, this one's staying crispy longer. This one's not. I mean, it's it really is just nerding out about French fries yeah. for like eight hours. Yeah. That'd, yeah. Be, that'd be my job. Yeah, that, that's cool. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. I'll pass up restaurants because they don't have fries. Yeah. <laughs> but like yeah. Shake Shack fries to me are close to perfect, but there's not enough potato. But they're going mm. for the crispiness. They're not yeah. going for the potato. So like Del Rey at, at Nickel City is, is a little bit uh, softer fry. 
crinkle cut, but it, you don't get as many crispy ones, but you get like a, a meaty potato and, and that was important to us. Yeah, so this is kind of funny. You know, you can get a beer battered fry. You can get a, uh, just a normal like McDonald's fry. So it's kind of yeah. fun to, yeah. That's why I'll never be skinny. <laughs> what comes first, the food or the concept? Usually the concept. <laughs> yeah. 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 We had baked out or well, Travis had baked out Murray's well in advance. And then, and then he kind of was like, we got to get a chef in here brought in Nick and then he was kind of like what do you see and so the two of them were kind of working out what yeah. the food would be because it's again it's got to be low enough where somebody that doesn't make a killing can come in and enjoy themselves but also yeah. high end enough where if you want to come in and spend a hundred bucks you can yeah. so should be good we'll see <laughs> go ahead well, I, <clears throat> I've been here since 2005 and I've seen an evolution of the restaurant industry you know for you know, and 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 all all types of different patterns. But where do you where do you do you do you have do you foresee the restaurant in, industry in Austin taking on a new light or taking on a new you know a new perspective in terms of either concept or food or changing the model in a way that we it's, haven't. It still feels like it's. I feel like the food has went in the way of like the cocktails when I first moved here in two thousand eleven. We were on that like $18 cocktail thing and everything was real high end. And I feel like the food has went in that direction. I, yeah. There hasn't been a lot of new food concepts that like, where can I just get a burger and a salad and a beer and be out for Simplicity. 60 bucks? Yeah, right, right, right. And, and, and again, that's kind of where we're going for is mm. I want to try and, you know, I think and my partners too, we all want to just like kind of again when everybody is yang and bring it back yeah it's like because yeah. i i'm over I, I couldn't tell you last time i went to dinner in town and it wasn't 100 or 200 bucks sure. yeah yeah and sometimes i just want to go like this and yeah. eat a burger and go home and be out 20 yeah. bucks yeah. yeah and it's it's getting harder and harder so i do i do feel like everything's going super high end everything's an oyster bar with champagne and yeah that's what i was hoping you would say yeah. is it you know i i also thought that it's it's taken it to another level and and it's a it's great cuz we got like a real city with real dining right, options right but, but i just want the simplicity the underbelly <laughs> yeah, yeah. we we really are missing <laughs> yeah and and it feels like every week one of those places that have been around forever it's closes yeah. right so yeah. yeah i still go to crown and anchor and yeah get my burger and <laughs> Yeah, there's still a couple of them around, but yeah, I'd like to see a new concept come. That's just like, yeah, we're not we're not anything else than just a neighborhood bar yeah. with with burgers. Mm -hmm. Are and, people? You think a lot of people are trying to cater to the the new you know the new group that's moving into Austin? I don't know if they're necessarily trying to cater. I mean, it's selling, man. Yeah. It, it, these places are packed. Yeah, I don't know if you've tried to get in a Sorte or a Red Ash or. Um, I mean, these places are killing it. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a market and people want it and they're giving it to them. Yeah. But, you know, uh, and I like it too. There's definitely a time and place, but again, I'm just a burger and a beer guy and it's it's getting harder and harder. Is there anywhere outside of Austin that you're looking at or excited about or that you, you what, bring? Me personally or for business? Both, like to, <laughs> to bring a concept to or to move to or I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you know, since we got bought, I don't have to live in Austin uh, that was part of I had to live here because we were doing so sure. much business here. So we, uh, my girlfriend and I have been exploring. We just drove Sacramento to Seattle, okay, uh, up the coast there. So we've been looking for something on the coast would be nice uh, to live. Professionally, you know, I mean, Murray's if it, if it does scale will be pretty tight. I mean, it'd be 
Austin, mm-hmm. Houston, San Antonio, maybe Dallas, excuse me. Um, but, you know, Via's going to do Denver, Kansas City. Well, actually, I don't think we're doing Kansas City. Denver, Vegas, Phoenix, mm. Houston, San Antonio. So yeah. that's kind of scaling. Um, I, I think we'll probably end up reselling the brand again once we get to mm. 30 or 40 restaurants. But I don't, I don't see us going too much more out of those markets. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really high on Asheville. I'd like to do. Oh, yeah. Trying to get the nice partners city. to start looking at Asheville. Yeah. Yeah. It's such yeah. a great it's city. Cool city. Yeah. You said Asheville? Asheville, yeah. Yeah, yeah it feels like Austin yeah. Yeah, that's right. 20 years that's ago. Right. Yeah. You know? Better yeah. catch it quick because yeah. everybody's saying it. <laughs> yeah. I know. But, yeah, I don't know. We're trying to honestly just even travel more and see what's out there because I haven't been out a lot. I've been working yeah. quite a bit. So Do you feel kind of like you're free now to go? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. And that, that can almost be a scribbling. Yeah. You know, and like I can do whatever I want. Like I don't know what I want to do. Yeah. <laughs> Takes time. Yeah. Do you? But, do, this is an odd question, but do you miss the stress? Like does, there, does, does it feel kind of like a void of like? That, definitely a void. I don't know if I miss it though. There's definitely a void. Uh, I don't know. I've been trying to, as dumb as it, simple as it sounds, I've been going for walks. Yeah. That's been filling a huge void. What my therapist told me, you want to, you want to test yourself, go for a walk for an hour, hour and a half without your phone, headphones, and really be alone in your thoughts for an hour with no distractions. Yeah. And you know, uh, that's been a big focus doing stuff like that. Yeah. And, uh. So that helps fill the void because that will. Have you done that? Oh, I do it all the time. Yeah, nice. yeah, it's it's hard though, man. Because you, you go on this, do you go on the same walk? The pattern? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I walk Lamar to Mopac on the on the trail there. I went down this rabbit hole. There's a uh, a group in uh, just out, I think it's just outside of Portland where they do darkness retreats. Have you seen these? No, I mean so, I heard about Aaron Rodgers doing it, but yeah. But. So I think Aaron went to this went to this place. Mm-hmm. It's, it's this like retreat, and it's in the mountains, and and uh, it's like this cabin that's built in the mountain. Yeah, and you go in there for days, nothing, like complete and, darkness. Oh, and uh, you can go on YouTube and look it up, and yeah. videos of people, and they go crazy. Like twenty four hours in, they're like talking to themselves and they're going nuts. Can't and then, get outside. You just stay in this. You group. can leave if you want to. Yeah. Yeah. But they have a whole process where they bring you food and you've got all the, you know, a toilet and bath and. Huh. It's supposed to be like ultimately therapeutic, right? Like, well, a, like, you know, after about 36 hours, 48 hours, people calm down and then they're just still. I think there's like a three day, four day, five day. Mm-hmm. But every one of them, when they come out, they bring them out after whatever it is and they take their things off and they all start breaking down, starting to cry. Yeah. Like, like this is just, you know. I'm kind of into all that shit. I, yeah. mean, I haven't done it yet, but, you know, I've been. Yeah. I've been messing around with shrooms and, you know, we grew up straight edge, so we didn't really, oh, yeah. we didn't mess with anything. And Ooh, now that's I, a whole other podcast. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We've been messing with, or I shouldn't say we, but uh, <laughs> let them speak for themselves. Yeah. But yeah, uh, but yeah I, I'm definitely into all that Good, stuff yeah. and kind of figuring out, again, I, I think you come from a place of privilege when you can start exploring your, your, because you're not in survival mode anymore. You got the time to, uh, yeah. The uh, well, that's a beautiful thing that you found that. Yeah. And, and you're focusing on that's really cool. Yeah, so. it's interesting stuff. Yeah. Well, all right. I don't know. We're kind of at the any hard oh, hitters shoot. before. Yeah, yeah it's already been I, an hour. I, I, no, I don't know. That was good. My stomach growling. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, I want some pizza. Yeah. <laughs> well, Brandon, I thank you. Some. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, no, listen. Th- thank you very much, man. This was great. Yeah. Um, thank you. 
it was good to get to yeah, hear your story that. and and all that and like, like I said, I, you know, you and I had had lunch a while back and and I got to know you a little bit and mm -hmm. uh, I'm really excited to, to to learn more and and see your journey, dude. So it's yeah. it's, it's amazing. Thank you for having me, man. Absolutely I appreciate it. Thanks for bringing cool. back the simplicity. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Kind of keep trying. I really enjoy that. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Well, there you go. Thank, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah.